0: This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Uh, I'm joined by nobody tonight. Uh, this is the 23rd of December, the annual Festivus. Um, and I thought I'd give a little airing of grievances, since Tony can't be with us tonight, and just really talk about some things that have been bothering me of late. And Tony would love to be here, I'm sure, to, to give me grief about this, but I'll, I'll share it myself. Uh, a lot of it around, revolves around sports, and um, as you might imagine, a lot of it revolves around the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let me start out by saying the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a well-coached, well-organized, well-created team in 2021 um a lot of that blame you know well some of that blame would go towards the gm uh, a lot of that blame would go towards mike tomlin and you know i'm not a fan of mike tomlin uh, tony gives me grief all the time said so who would you replace him with and i honestly don't know who i'd replace him with but the performances i have seen this year um they're they're somehow in the playoff hunt and they are a horrible team on all facets of the ball Um, they, they have players who are immature. They have players who desire nothing more than fame and building a brand. Um, looking at you, Chase Claypool. Uh, this is a team that it is not producing. They're not producing to where they should. I think it was a huge mistake to bring Ben Roethlisberger back for his 18th season. I don't believe that he has warranted that season, um, he has performed poorly whenever possible. He doesn't throw deep. He doesn't throw across the middle very often. And when he does, his receivers, thankfully, don't understand how to get first down markers, uh, get to the first down markers, I should say. What, what I, what I don't excuse is, uh, I'll give Chase Claypool as an example. Second year player, very talented, very skilled, um, but he does not have any situational awareness. And somebody said, well, he's only a second-year player. This isn't the second year he's played football. This is the second year he's played football in the NFL. So let that sink in for a second. It's not as though when he played Pop Warner or, or he played in high school or he played in college, he played in Notre Dame. It wasn't like a small school. Did, did he not have to get first downs there? Did he not have to be situation, situationally aware of what was going on? Um, to get up and make a first down <laughs> gesture, I guess, is the best way to put it, uh, with no timeouts and you're trying to drive to tie the game, I I, I don't understand that. I, I just don't get that. And to me, this is indicative of an organization. We talk about uh, organizational control with the NCAA when they bring the death penalty down on a team uh, or school. There's From the top down there doesn't seem to be organizational control. Things like that should not happen. Um, if you watched that Minnesota Vikings versus uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game two weeks ago, that game, Steelers spotted the Vikings 29 points and weren't able to climb out of the hole. And you can say it's a young line. Okay, that, that doesn't give Ben a lot of time. If Ben was in tip-top shape, he, still would, ha- he would have to make things happen but you've got an offensive line with five members on it who can't block four players who are not world beaters the, the Vikings are not an awesome team can't block one player and it's a different player each time multiple times coming untouched untouched i i, I don't i don't i don't know how that's possible how do you miss that many times you've got five people to block four defenders and you can't do it you you can't do it and it was amazing it it wasn't until late in the third quarter that apparently the offensive line decided hey maybe we should block some people what do you think uh I'm not sure again coaching why do you have to wait till halftime to make adjustments you can't make adjustments before that don't tell me you have scripted plays I, I don't buy it I It's bad coaching, poorly executed by the players. Um, You put together a team that's, frankly, right up against the cap, and they're not good. I don't know what you're buying. You could have paid a lot less and done just as poorly. This team tied the Detroit Lions, who are not a good team. Um, Somehow they beat the Titans last Sunday with less than 200 yards total offense, um, and it only – only because the Titans gave away the ball four times. This is a team in transition of some sort. There is no quarterback of the future. Uh, Mason Rudolph is not the quarterback of the future. Um, apparently nobody else on the roster is either. Um, this is, this is as a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is disappointing. Uh, not because I expect that we're in the Super Bowl every year because we aren't, but, um, but the talent you had, and I've said this, and Tony disagrees with me, the talent you had, you did not get the best out of the talent you had. When you had Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Ben Roethlisberger, and a solid line and other skill positions, you could not get. You got eight and eight teams. I, 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 I'm not sure how, how Mike Tomlin is still employed. I don't care. Here, let me let me be very clear. I do not care what his regular season record is because Marty Schottenheimer had a great regular season record. Okay, Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl and was in another one. Okay, so he's not Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer good records, didn't win, didn't make it to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. So we can't compare apples to apples here. But a regular season, Andy Reid. He went to a Super Bowl. He's actually been to three. He's won one of them. Um, is he a better coach than Mike Tomlin? He left Philadelphia probably thinking he wasn't. Uh, in Kansas City, maybe. maybe. But by now, maybe you think that uh, Andy Reid's a better, court, better coach than Mike Tomlin. I would tend to agree with that. But you are what you are. Uh, what's the, Isn't that the old uh, Bill Parcells? Our record is what we are. Uh, we are not a good team, and I say we because I'm a fan for all my life, but I don't play on Sundays, and it doesn't matter what I think because it doesn't affect how the, the game is operated. but the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a good team, so it got me thinking about some things as I'm watching football games, and I, I've seen some some bad games. I've seen some exciting games, and by exciting, I simply mean close, and there's drama at the end. Um, sometimes it's the back and forth, and it, it, it's not a defensive struggle at that point, uh, I like defense, but nobody wants to watch a defensive slugfest. Not, not exclusively, they, they want to see points scored. That's why, over the years, the rules get loosened to allow more offense. You can't you can't really harm the quarterback if, you, basically, uh, they, there's a lot of protections for the quarterback because they know if you have a backup quarterback, there's less chance you're going to score and less chance that people are going to want to watch because less points are being scored. So I understand all that. Um, what I don't grasp, and there's a couple of things here. So as you watch these games, and some of them are poorly played, and I know COVID is out there. They're dealing with it. They made some recent adjustments to the the uh, quarantine protocol. But if you're watching these games, I w- there's nobody that's really running away with it. There's no team that is dominant. There are teams that are decent. Um, um, Pete Rosell would probably love this because there's a lot of parity. There's no... There's no team that you go wow that right now that's who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. I, I really don't know. I don't even know who's going to make the playoffs other than the Packers are going to be in the playoffs because they they clinched the division. But beyond that, what do we what do we know? We don't know. Um, tonight's game is uh, it's okay. Um, it's two teams that are average: the Titans and the 49ers. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll see what we see. I am just frustrated that I'm seeing such poor play. Um, Let's go back to the Steelers for a second. They can't seem to tackle, and I'm seeing that endemic across the league. Tackling has become a problem. Players don't tackle. And this has been going on for a couple years now. They try to strip the ball and cause a turnover and allow – their opponent to get an initial 5, 10, 15 yards because they're trying to strip the ball instead of tackling them. Now, if you've got somebody held up while they're not moving forward with another player and you can strip it, great. If you can accidentally strip it as you're trying to bring them down, great. But if your sole purpose is to shove your arm in there to strip the ball, statistically, I would say they're going to move forward a lot more often than they strip the ball and the ball gets hit to the ground that's a bad thing. If you're really trying to win the game because yardage matters, uh, field position matters for you, your offense and your defense. So that's not working out so well for me. I'm also noticing, and I hate to use this terminology, but it, I feel like I'm watching uh European soccer because there's a lot of dumb, dumb penalties that are being called. And I go back to chase Claypool again in, in the Minnesota game. He had a taunting penalty on the sideline. You're down 29 nothing. I'm not, well, Not point wasn't 29 nothing, but you're down. What are you taunting about? And again, second-year NFL player, not second-year player. So I don't give him the benefit of the doubt that he should know not to taunt. You should know not to taunt because you're an adult, and it's against the rules, and it has been for, I believe, all of your life. So I don't understand why you think it's okay and then you seem flabbergasted that you did it in front of an official. You didn't even try to hide it. That's, that's maturity on the player. That's coaching. Now, supposedly Tomlin benched him, but who knows? Um, but I'm seeing a lot, of, a lot of penalties that shouldn't happen on, on all teams. I'm also, and then maybe I'm just recognizing it's probably always happened. Has any call ever been overturned because players on the field pointed in the other direction? There's a fumble and it's ours. Does that ever do anything? I mean, I never played professional football, so I don't know the answer. But it feels like it probably doesn't. Uh, and if it does, because the officials somehow changed their mind, based on, not based on the evidence they see, but by enough people screaming that it's our ball, that's even a bigger problem. But you see coaches do it. You see players do it. They argue with the officials. Uh, My father taught me a long time ago. You've got to play better than the officiating, meaning you can't let the officials lose the game for you, lose the contest for you. You have to do more so that they can't take it away from you. No matter what they do, you're still going to win the game. Right? So there you go. If, If you keep the game close enough that an official call one way or the other can determine the outcome of the game, then you haven't done your job. Now those games happen. I'm not saying they never happen because they do, but you can't you can't keep it so close that 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 becomes an option for losing the game. Um, and you have to put teams away when you get the opportunity. So I don't understand the fighting with the coach, with the coaches, with the officials, or the players with the officials. I can dislike a call. I saw one of those on Sunday afternoon with the Steelers and the Titans the officials on the Titans' last drive spotted a ball that was clearly, by every replay you could see, right down the line, a yard short, maybe a yard and a half short, and they somehow spotted it right on the line, which I don't know how that's physically possible because I'm looking at it. Luckily, somebody in New York called up and said, "Mm, let's look at that again, and they realized, no, it wasn't even close. You didn't need to do a measurement because he didn't cross a yard marker that would have allowed the measurement to even be a need. So when I'm talking, when I'm watching these games, it really frustrates you because you review everything or could, and you miss something. And had that, that New York not called down, that might have been a first down, possibly. Now, it wasn't ruled a first down anyway, but it shouldn't even have been a question. So the second thing is, um, if, if you weren't clear in the past Winning trumps everything. And what do I mean by that? So Bruce Arians said um, in the fall of last year, beginning of the season, Antonio Brown wouldn't be on their team because of his his outside extracurricular activities. Um, He did coach Antonio Brown briefly in Pittsburgh. Said he wouldn't have him on the team. Brown serves his eight-game suspension. Guess where he ends up? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians is the coach because Tom Brady vouched for him. Okay, they win a Super Bowl, Antonio Brown catches a touchdown. It was hard to watch because he's kind of, he's not a great guy. or doesn't appear to be. So this season comes back, the NFL institutes their policy, you have to be tested if you aren't vaccinated. And um, Antonio Brown apparently didn't want to be vaccinated, so he bought a vaccine card, fraudulently bought a vaccine card because he didn't want to get tested. And he got suspended. He got caught and got suspended. He and another player, uh, two other players on team one, had already been cut, um, and he was suspended for three games. And the Bucks wouldn't say would he still be on the team after his suspension. Okay, uh, he got his suspension ended on Monday, and what do you know? He's back on the team. So this is a guy who cheated the rules on the field. Well, I should say off the field, but partic- to participate in the in a sporting contest. He cheated the rules, and he got a three-game suspension, two weeks of which he was hurt for. So it wasn't like he was going to play anyway. Um, But Bruce Arians was fine with that because it gives us the best chance to win. Well, no kidding. But what you said is it doesn't matter what they do. As long as they've got enough talent to be on the field and help you win, that's all that matters. So I don't want to hear from Bruce Arians on his his high horse telling me about character and think people matter and chemistry matter. No, sorry. Then they signed Le'Veon Bell because um, Leonard Fournette went down. So if you don't remember, uh, Le'Veon Bell sat out the 2018 season publicly for the Steelers and ended up going to the Jets and really lasted just over a year with the Jets and got a big payday for... Really, he didn't do much. He went to the Ravens, went to the Kansas City Chiefs last year, lost in the Super Bowl, uh, was with the Ravens briefly earlier in the season, and suddenly they needed another running back, and they call up on Le'Veon Bell, who I believe is 30 years old now, 20 or 30 years old. So he's kind of – I think they're going to find he's not uh, not as dynamic as you remember from his 2016 Super Bowl – or um, uh, Pro Bowl season. That being said, you've added another – let's just say, less productive and not a great teammate. Okay, take that for what it is. Um, I hear on PTI constantly about the NBA, and it would apply to the NFL as well. If you don't get the vaccination, you're a bad teammate. And I just have to question that. Again, Tony and I have talked about this. I think you should get the vaccine. I think it's useful. I think it's valuable. And I think if you're in a high-risk group, you, you shouldn't even think otherwise you should get the vaccine. Uh, but you might be making a different calculus. Cole Beasley for the bills has COVID and he's going to be out for 10 days because he's not vaccinated and he doesn't want to be vaccinated. I think that's a personal choice. And I, I don't want to hear anybody tell me that that's a decision the team gets to make for you. No, just like you see, you see this in the NHL all the time about surgeries. A lot of teams will say, well, I want you to get this surgery so that you can go back on the ice, but it's not really, they're not, if it doesn't work, they just cut you. They They don't keep you around. This is your body. This is your health, and you get to make that, you should get to make that decision. I don't think, I don't think you should be mandated to get the vaccine, but then they will say, people will say, it's a privilege to work in this league or whatever league we're talking about or this job, and if you don't want to do this, do the requirements, then you have to leave. Um, and I don't, I don't want to hear anybody cite the flu vaccine. Everybody's got the, a lot of companies require the flu vaccine. That's got fifty plus years of data. We've got under a year of data um, for patients with any of the COVID vaccines. So you don't have long term data. So don't tell me it won't harm me when you have no idea if it will harm me long term based on my physical conditions and my uh, my physiology. You you can't tell me that because you don't know. So. Don't try to act like you do because you don't. That part bothers me as well. Um, And lastly, just tonight, and this is a little bit of politics here at the end, we're taking direction from politicians. Um, And Dr. Fauci happens to be a doctor who's apparently also a politician. He's never run for office, but he's politically spinning whatever he wants. And here's my message to any government official at any level if you continue to change the the data or change change the, the message on data that hasn't changed then don't see, be surprised when people don't want to listen to you if you give them no information that's different and you just change what you're expecting that might be a problem I don't I don't know that that's really what you're looking for and I want to remind everybody, with some rare exceptions, politicians win office because of a popularity contest. Most individuals don't know anything more about these politicians than what they share, what they tell us, or what their team tells us is really sometimes just crafted. I mean, look at Joe Biden. His speeches are written for him, as are most presidents, and he regurgitates them, sometimes even accurately. But politicians are elected based on popularity, not on intelligence or competence. And I think that's something you have to understand. If you're expecting somebody who doesn't necessarily have a skill set that allows them to make these kinds of decisions, why is it okay for them to make these kinds of decisions? And don't tell me you're consulting with experts. You're consulting with experts who agree with you. Or maybe yes men or yes women who will tell you what you want to hear. That doesn't make it the right answer. It only makes it what you wanted to hear. Um, so just remember that the next time a politician tells you something, you've elected them to a position of authority. And sometimes I'm beginning to question why we always do that. Why do we give, why do we give so much control of our lives over to politicians? It's we, the people, it's not we, the governed or the governing, it's we, the people, uh, Read the Constitution. That's what it's about. It gives certain powers to the federal government, the rest of the states. Uh, local gets whatever the state wants to give them. Um, but it really beca- begs the question, why, why are we expecting a different answer? I think it's Einstein that said uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is insanity. It's the definition of insanity. Is it not insane to expect people who don't know what they're doing in a certain field to suddenly know what they're doing simply because they have a role in which that falls. Uh, if you don't believe me, forget politics. Look at any job you've ever held. Did your immediate supervisor know exactly what they were doing in all cases? Probably not. Um, did, did they seem competent enough to do your role? Maybe. Maybe they trained you on your role. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they inherited you. The point being just because you're in charge doesn't mean you know what you're doing. It just means you're in charge. So words matter, as we talk about words do matter, but the words you use matter as well. And if I don't trust what you're saying, that's really hard for me to follow what you're you're telling me to do. Um, if I'm being told, wear mask, don't mask. If you get the vaccine, you don't need a mask, but now suddenly you need a mask, even though... Science, which is, which is always what they talk about, science says this cloth mask you're putting over your face, not going to do anything. I walked into a grocery store a couple nights ago, and one of the employees was wearing a mask. All the employees were wearing masks. That's fine. One woman was wearing a mesh mask. And I don't mean like a tight mesh. It, it was basically a fishnet stocking over her face. That's what she was wearing. And I thought, hmm, uh, what do you think? I mean, you're you're following the letter of the rule, which is to wear a mask. If it doesn't specify that it has to be a mask that actually stops any disease, then I guess you're fine. But there's so much variability out of of this that it's almost impossible to expect that masking alone is going to do anything. And even when you do mask, if it really makes a difference, I don't know uh, Omicron is raging across the country and across the world. It's much more transmissible. It's much more virulent. It seems, it seems to be more mild. I'm not saying it's not going to affect people because it certainly will. Um, but we've stopped reporting deaths because frankly, they've gone up, um, much higher. I think than the administration would like. And I think that's part of the problem that, um, when it was Donald Trump in charge, it was all about the deaths, the deaths, the deaths, not the hospitalizations, not the cases, the deaths. Basically, right after uh, Joe Biden took over, it became about the hospitalizations and and everything else. Not because I think there, there's, you shouldn't hold accountable a president in a pandemic unless they're negligent in what they're doing and i don't believe Donald Trump was i don't i don't think you should hold joe biden responsible for the the 800,000 deaths uh or 600,000 under his watch i don't think you should hold him accountable because he can't do anything i think you can hold him accountable for how they roll out vaccines you can hold him accountable for how they roll out testing you can hold him how they roll out policies around this but you can't you can't judge them to say this is something they should do because they're president. What would anybody have done as president in this situation? Maybe they had done some things differently. Maybe the results would have been slightly different, vastly different. I don't know, but I don't imbue my president with the magical abilities to stop a pandemic. I, I just, if you do great for you um, and the voters in November of 2020 They voted for Joe Biden to be president uh, over Donald Trump. And the ironic part is Donald Trump got more votes for president than any other candidate other than Joe Biden. So think about that. 81 million people voted for Joe Biden. Now, I would contend not all 81 million of those people voted for Joe Biden. They just didn't vote for Donald Trump or vote against Donald Trump in this case because it was a referendum on Donald Trump. And we talked about this many times, why that might be. But the reality is, this: the response we've seen from our government and the gaslighting um, that we see on a regular basis from the like, uh, spokesperson, Jen Psaki, um, to, to Joe Biden just blatantly making stuff up as he stands at a podium, uh, when he goes off book you could pretty much expect there's going to be a whopper thrown in there. It just, it's just part of his MO. That being said, uh, I don't listen to a lot of the words um, because I don't think they mean much. The words are only for the occasion. Um, I've said this over and over again. I believe in your actions. I believe in the actions you give me, which will tell me what you truly believe. And if you don't believe what you're saying, uh, no harm, no fact I don't really listen to the words. I don't I listen to what policies you put down, uh, executive orders, laws, things like that. So be it. Um, I think the Democrats have made a major mistake in, in attacking Joe Manchin. Um, he was never a stalwart liberal Democrat, but he was a Democrat in a Republican state. And the vitriol with which he's being attacked, I don't, I don't understand what that it's th- going to accomplish. <coughs> the um, the people of West Virginia voted for him to be there, you know that's that's why he's there. Um, I don't really. Get some, <laughs> I'm listening to the Peril by Bob Woodward uh, a book on tape, like or book on audio, Audible that I got for free for signing up and i i was telling somebody the other day that the joe biden that's presented in this audiobook does not appear to be the joe biden i've ever seen um so maybe previously he was something else um <clears throat> but he was ba- he's basically gandhi jesus and uh, fdr you know woodrow wilson all wrapped in one and i just do not Uh, it's to me, it's a work of fiction. Uh, there is nothing nonfiction about this. Um, the way Mark Milley is presented is that he was trying to save the Republic by basically contacting China and his counterpart in China saying, I'll let you know if we're going to attack. That seems kind of bad to me that our joint chiefs of staff ranking general is telling the enemy we're about to attack you. Why? Why, why, why are you doing this? Um, I'm convinced January 6th was not an insurrection, as I read tonight. It's hard to call an insurrection when you've charged literally nobody with insurrection. You've held them without bail. You've held them in solitary confinement. But you've charged nobody with insurrection, even though that's how you call it. you In the media, by members of Congress, it's an insurrection. So it doesn't make any sense how that's possible. <clears throat> All that being said... I think the Democrats are making a mistake, except with Joe Manchin, but I'm not counting them out for 2022. Uh, it's, it's 10, 11 months now uh, before the the midterm elections. Um, I'm not convinced they don't somehow get it together over the holiday break and start actually regrouping and trying to, trying to maintain their seats. I would be shocked if, if the Republicans pick up as many seats as they're claiming they will based on how low Joe Biden's approval ratings are. It, Unlike others, I don't believe, well, I can say for me, when I'm looking at a voting, uh, a vote or ballot, I'm not looking at who's the president and do I agree with the president and therefore I should vote for the opposite party simply because I don't agree with the president. I vote for the person I want to vote for based on my criteria and others may vote based on other criteria. So uh, I don't think it's a repudiation of the president in power at the time, mostly because you voted for a candidate from the opposite party. Maybe, you know, that candidate, maybe you've read what they've written or you like what they say, Again, words are words, but uh, it's, <laughs> if you're looking at the house, that's a very local relatively speaking position. Um, and I'm not interested in what affects New York city. If it, if it's positive for New York City, but it's negative for me, I'm going to vote in my own interest. And I think everybody else does as well. I don't think anybody out there is voting on issues that will detrimentally affect them and their family. I, I don't believe you. When, when people say that, I'm going to vote with Joe Biden, even if it harms my my bottom line. No, you're not. You're not. I don't, I don't believe that for a second. Um, you might say it but when you're putting pen to paper or you're pulling a lever or you're pushing a button, I don't believe that you're voting against your own interest. So all po- to me, that's the old tip O'Neill, all politics are local and all politics are local because I'm not going to vote for something. like Joe Manchin says, this, well, I can't go back home and sell it. I can't vote for it. Can, can you tell me that's not true? You know, and, and, and having Chuck Schumer or AOC or Aaron Presley or Ilhan Omar attack Joe Manchin because in their constituency, that's not how their people would want them to vote. Joe Manchin was elected for West Virginia. Now, I'm gonna put all my hopes on Joe Manchin because I don't think you should, but he was voted by the people of West Virginia to represent West Virginia. Now, in all and bill, you've got to have a country for West Virginia to be in a state of But once that's accomplished, you don't have to vote for everything that your party votes for. You vote for what's best for your constituents based on your knowledge. Now, again, we'll go back to that previous thing. Just because they're in Congress doesn't mean they're smart, it means they were popular. Now, they could be smart, it's certainly possible, but a vast majority of the members of Congress are not. Mensa members (laughs) or any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Joe Biden will tell you he graduated top of his class. Um, If he flipped it upside down, he was closer to that number, but it would have been the bottom of that number. So you're popular does not mean you know what you're doing. So I take very little um, advice from members of Congress or any politician for that matter. You got elected. Good for you that doesn't make you smarter about how to spend my money. So when you're, when you're voting for somebody, ask yourself, how would they spend my money? Would they want more of my money to do what? You know, now, if you agree with what they're, they're proposing to spend your money on, okay. You, you may vote for that person. But if they're proposing to spend your, more of your money on something you don't agree with, why would I vote? I don't care what party they're in. Why would I vote for that person? The answer is you would not. So, think about that when you're you're out there. Is the NFL going down the tubes? Um, should Mike Tomlin be fired? I, if you can find somebody better, yes, I, I think you should. You should do an active search to find somebody better. Um, if you can't find that person, then I guess you keep Mike Tomlin. Um, and politicians are really not as smart as we give them. We give them powers they don't actually naturally possess. So don't be surprised when they screw it up because they're human and they say keep keep looking at me because I know what I'm doing you don't you don't know you you don't know what you're doing any more than I do about this and you don't have any more knowledge than the general population you have more meetings you've been briefed by other people who think they know what they're talking about but you probably don't know anymore and you probably haven't gotten a deep dive into anything so take that for what it's worth uh, Merry Christmas this has been a festivus episode uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and we will talk to you in the new year. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. This has been a Hannah Tree Production.